0: i was listening to it all week i don't even want to talk about the rush
1: yeah let's do it all day it was fun it was a good day how's your days how's your days how's your days so i have some wine Ooh, there you go. I forgot to oh, get a nice. glass, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go drink the, out of bottle. the bottle. Just gonna drink from the bottle. Cheers. Wow. What um? Do you
2: have any we, like new? Do a
0: wraparound. <laughs> wrap I forgot about wraparound. Gotta use that I one. I did. Often. I just actually really uh, rewatched that episode. Oh really? Where Randy shows Leahy the tape of him drunk. Oh yeah. And he looks over again. I'm mowing the air. I'm yeah. mowing the air,
1: Rand. I'm oh, mowing the air. was this?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we want a little show. We want a little Leahy oh, show. <laughs> oh, Leahy show. <laughs> was like um, yeah. that, that whole scene is like probably the best part of the show. <laughs> it's it's so good. I mean, I mean, it's it's relevant that we're talking about Trailer Park Boys on the Rush podcast because yeah, obviously it's they're true. big fans and they had they had life's on the on the show. Um, even though that was somewhat of a cornier episode, like yeah, a little a little bit of a force, kind of like what they do with like Snoop Dogg and like all the celebrities that eventually show up mm-hmm. on the show. Um. Yeah, I guess it was kind of like a, somewhat of like a foreshadowing of of shitty writing to come. And kind yeah, of I great. feel like they didn't like overdo like, like obviously like bubbles
3: like has like kind of the happy ending at the end, but they didn't like. Like, if they were to redo that episode in like season 15, like it would have been like way over the top, I feel like. And it still like, was like a little corny, like you said, but
0: yeah, like they would have probably had him like dress up as Lifeson and like, like, right in a pinch, like, three like a a solo something. or something, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like oh that's what they would have written it to be if it was, yeah, something. that's a great,
3: great, yeah,
0: metaphor or whatever. Um, yeah, more like that, an extrapolation, season, yeah, so bad. I, you know, I haven't really even watched them, I couldn't get yeah. through them. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I, I
3: I was like recommended for like they have like a newer like movie that I saw come up too and I was like, oh my god, like and I just knew it was old because they all look like shit now. So I was like, this is just not gonna be good, but
0: they really did not age well, yeah, or take care of themselves. They just look no. I mean I think I think it's only what Mike Smith who looks Sort of okay, like he's like aging gracefully, but like whoever plays Julian and um I don't know his name, yeah, and Ricky, they both just look Julian looks worse of Julian looks probably. The worst looks of the all three.
1: Worst. He got yeah, that Julian. tattoo on his bicep, and it just like okay. looks looks so bad. It's okay. like a, I don't think I've even seen you never seen that? It's like the black like flame. I don't know, it's just like <laughs> looks fucking stupid, man. I don't know if it's fake for the show, but it's not it's not very
0: good. It's probably That's not funny. fake. It's, it's probably a real ass tattoo um and they don't even bother like doing the makeup for it everyone there yeah. is just falling apart and they don't they're not going to land any more acting roles and they're just gonna yeah. this is the trashing trailer park boys uh <laughs> podcast welcome yeah this is it I mean, we could definitely
3: do a whole episode on i i feel like the first time we talked about doing a podcast is about trailer park boys but we didn't really know
0: what our angle would be but now we have one we can just make fun of it just like the descent like talk about like the different eras of it the golden age and what we think the golden age is individually i I would
1: love to do that sometime we should consider it it. once we get tired of music should do that it's gonna take a long time to get tired of music i think (laughs) but i mean we've only yeah
3: we've only greased the surface in in terms of literally all the music that's out there so
0: i mean three bands (laughs) so and there's at least like 10 yeah so if not more (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if, if not, I have a hypothesis that there are more bands. Uh-huh. I think they're out there. Un- unproven hypothesis, but yeah, I have my I have my suspicions. <laughs> um, so do we want to just rip into it?
3: Yeah, sure. I, I was re-listening to the one that we did last time, and it it was good enough because like because lori was good enough to like say like oh like I'm gonna like about to talk about Ween, but we didn't really like set it up at all, which is kind of funny because I think we're really excited to do it, but. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll do a countdown and then we'll just do like, hey, we're like going to do like an intro playlist in today's rush. So if that's okay. I think we can just do Yeah, that,
0: that sounds cool. So I'll let you take uh,
3: take the cool. reins there. Three, two,
2: one. Mm-mm-mm.
3: Hello. Welcome to the Clark 131 podcast. This is uh, Loach Sucks, I guess is my name. <laughs> we got our co-hosts, Loach and Miles Dingus. Miles <laughs> Dingus. <laughs>
0: I you, of can like that. My, you can really use my real name i do not yeah forget. i feel like we
3: we, say, we, we say the aliases and then and then throughout the episode we don't use them at all
1: Kind of like use it it's, it's disorienting it's funny
3: um cool yeah today's episode we're going to be is our intro to uh to rush last uh week we did the intro to Ween, so um dan's going to be walking us through this one should be a good at ep-
0: yeah um i'm looking forward to it um I was for the most part kind of raised on Rush. So, um, that I I would say if there were three bands that I had to pick, I was raised on it would be Rush, The Doors, and probably a tie between Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. Hmm. Um, That's four bands. But But, what,
3: like, I know you have like kind of like an encyclopedic, like, you know, like, like introduction to like all those bands. Like, was there, is it because like they have such a like, like big catalog that you were able to do that? Or is it just more about how like much your dad liked them? I guess is probably what I, I would guess it would be, but
0: it was really, yeah. So it was probably actually funny enough, a combination of the two, like my dad would never just put something on without thoroughly explaining what it was mm-hmm. and when it came out and who the band members were and who was dead, who was alive and like all this shit. Like I tell this joke to my dad. Cause like, it's the way he would say it. He'd be like, you know, I'm in the car, he's driving. He'd be like, Oh, this is Frank Sinatra. He's dead now. And I'd be like, okay, like the first thing I have to know about a guy is whether he's alive or dead. Like that's the way he would always describe it. Um, But yeah, he would basically walk you through it thoroughly and multiple times too. So I would get that background a Mm. ton. And that became how I really would listen to and categorize music. So then I became the annoying one. Like I would have an (laughs) iPod on shuffle and I'd play a song and I'd be like, oh, this is, is the Strokes off of Is This It? 2001. To the point where people would get annoyed with me. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it was that. And then, yeah, but he just always had Rush on. And then I really took to it. And then eventually became um, really interested in playing bass, which mm-hmm. obviously, you know, if you're a bass player, you know who the fuck Getty Lee is. Because um, Rush is kind of like the, the musician's favorite band, like how Doom is like the rapper's favorite rapper. Mm.
1: Um, oh, yeah. It's, That's, it's very much I've, like that. I've had multiple musicians say that to me. That's definitely like an established fact also one of them was a trumpet player a trumpet player was like rush is the musician's band which is like really funny oh, okay. to me. yeah
0: you could be at a harp or classical organist or something and you'd be like yeah i fucking love fly by night <laughs> yeah
3: it's rush and then miles davis so uh, best trumpet you know inspirations
0: <laughs> most likely yeah um but, I mean, I'm really excited to, uh, to cover it. So I picked 10 songs because all these ones are, are inherently much longer. I think mm-hmm. the playlist comes out to about an hour, almost on the dot, Yeah. and I thought that was good. I didn't think, I, I, like I said to Lori last time, I really appreciated that you added like 15 songs because they were like three minutes each or so, and they were easy mm-hmm. to get through for, and, and they added a lot more depth. This time I did a chronological from 1974 mm-hmm. to 1984. It's a 10-year uh, period from the beginning into the kind of the beginning of what I would consider their dead period, where a lot of what they make, the bulk of the music they make, is kind of unremarkable because they leaned a little bit too hard in one direction. they will cover, uh, and actually I'll get, I want to get your take on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really thought that I had picked. Some of the deeper cuts, I had to really dance around. Like, I didn't pick anything off Moving Pictures because that's the big album. Everyone knows mm. fucking Tom Sawyer, Limelight, YYZ. Um, so I wanted to go a little deeper while also including certain things like Spirit of Radio because I think that's a really pivotal
1: song. Um, I also, I, I can't wait to talk about that song because I love it. Once it. I hadn't listened I, to that I'm song really in too. so long, but once it came on, it all came back to me.
0: It's a power song. Like, that is yeah. such a powerful um let's yeah let's not get too ahead of ourselves because i i'm really excited to talk about that one too um but that's i guess that's more or less my preamble about it um do you guys like what are, what are your first impressions what are your first um comments um I, I guess we'll open up the floor to that
1: it's all you guys you can I, go first oh, okay i'll go first yeah there's
3: always like that that will pause um yeah i really i mean it was interesting i mean i, I think i have less of a experience with uh with Russia uh, comparison to Lori. So I only knew like the big hits and I really liked like the longer songs that you mentioned like the Xanadu and um what's the one the La Via mm-hmm. Um yep. So I really liked like those are really cool like they had like you know every like three minute like interval was like different but it was still like really engaging. So it didn't feel like those songs were like super long. It was like pretty you know just the riffs are like so good. So I was like, I didn't know that they like made music like that. Really, I I kind of, you know, put them into like they probably have other songs that sound like limelight but aren't as good. You know what I mean? Like I thought they kind of fell right. into like three or four minute territory. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely like liked a lot of the of what I heard. So the one thing that was like hard uh, and like I kind of got more used to his voice. Like his voice is just super weird and like I think like when in like when you add to it like the the kind of like lyrics that they have that are all kind of like a little bit you know fantasy like and stuff sometimes it's like a little hard to get used to but as I was like listening to it more I was like oh that's not as much of a barrier so it's probably just one of those things you have to kind of get used to but
0: yeah that's, that's a really sort of good way. that's a that's yeah. a really good observation because I wanted to talk about that yeah and I want to talk about some of the self-awareness of that that comes in some of the later music hmm, okay. so um, yeah. yeah there's there's some interesting I think particularly with a song like subdivisions mm-hmm. is a moment of some self-awareness mm-hmm. through that but um, yeah laurie i mean i know you you, you kind of gave your impression first but do you have anything to add to, to what you said
1: um yeah i mean my like impression of rush was just like my guitar teacher basically telling me to listen to rush um my my dad was not a rush fan every time i would like listen to rush he would like you know he <laughs> do something like that yeah he uh he's too cool for rush cuz i mean like back in the day like rush like i mean i i love rush but they are like kind of a dorky band like mm. they're Not kind of so. they're yeah. kind of dorky and but i i i mean i really like uh, getty lee i think i think his voice, some people think his voice is annoying but i think i really like when a band has a voice that's like you know unique to it I think that's important, and he's a good bass player too. Like he shreds the bass; he absolutely shreds the bass, and he's doing the sense well, stuff with his feet. Like very impressive. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they're one of
0: the first. Like obviously, Led Zeppelin came before, and you've got like I think Rolling Stone put out a poll. It was like if you could design a supergroup, like drums, bass, guitar, vocals. Like what band? Like what would the band look like? And I think the poll came back with, like, literally just Led Zeppelin. Like people were like, my favorite vocalist was fucking Robert Plant. And it was yeah, like, the yeah. whole thing. And it, they just That's remade funny. Led Zeppelin, apparently. Um, but they're really, I mean, for them to be a trio and for them to have, like, the enormous sound that they do that I wanted to kind of communicate in this playlist, mm-hmm. I think makes them all the more impressive. Um, yeah. and right like with keeping keeping into account like the the kind of weird acquired taste that is that is Getty Lee's vocals um so I think we probably should just start with uh with what you're doing uh Giz are yeah. you gonna queue up the old did it work? Yeah, yeah it's, it's working. working I can hear cool. it this is this is this Exciting. is a lot nicer uh, of a, a user experience than the first time yeah we <laughs> have no problems this time <laughs> I think you just kind of have to trust it because I was like I was like yeah you you doubted it it's not working yeah like really worried about it um but it seems to be doing fine um so before i before i like take over because i have like a a bunch of shit that i want to say about this song what what's your first impression because i think this is the most different like it's it's very much not like Mm -hmm. what comes after
1: yeah and I think I know why, but I'm not going to say why. And um, I mean, you do know why. Yeah, I do know why. <laughs> I'm going to let you say well, let's, it, let's hear I why. feel like that's
0: your tidbit. No, no, give us... Okay, I mean, the tidbit is that Neil Peart's not in the band yet. Correct.
1: Yeah. So this is off the first, first album. album. Yeah,
0: it is. It's their debut album. So they had a man named John Rutsey as their, um, I almost said, bass player. Because they also didn't have... like Geddy Lee isn't the original bass player.
1: Really? Mm.
0: It was a guy named Jeff Jones. Uh-huh. And, like, Jeff Jones, I think, was a childhood friend of Lifeson. Oh, okay. And I think he was kind of a deadbeat. Like, he wasn't showing up to gigs, and he was, like... Like, Getty Lee had been, um, I guess, a friend of theirs, a peripheral friend of theirs. And then, like, it became clear to Alex that this guy, Jeff, wasn't really working out. Mm-hmm. And Getty was a better player. And eventually, Jeff either left the band or got kicked out. It's, like, kind of not really... Certain, hmm. but yeah, like he's not even the first. Like it's Alex is the original. Like throughout the life of the band, like he's the only one that's been there. Hmm.
3: Really. I was just say because it has like the, the like the guitar riffs like sound don't sound too like unlike what they what comes after, but everything else sounds you know a little bit different just because of you know they were not in the band yet I guess
0: right. Well, so it's it's Getty Lee. Alex Lifeson and John Rutsey. So it's only mm. Neil Peart that's not on this album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, John yeah. Rutsey was apparently like a diabetic, and he was like not physically well, uh, and he also was a little bit more of a traditionalist drummer. Like you can hear, it's like a rock drummer. It's not Neil Peart. Yeah. Like it's not really that crazy creative.
1: Um, it's not bad. No, it's just I. I mean, what I was gonna say music, is it, it. It sounds pretty like standard, like rock you know it sounds like mm-hmm. they're cribbing off like other like rock bands in a way you know it doesn't really well, they, well they were stick criticized up. for being like zeppelin exactly and when exactly. this album came out they
0: were like this shit sounds like Led this zeppelin. guitar like, totally solo terrific. sounds
1: like a jimmy page guitar solo you know
0: yeah and like they're probably young i mean they're in their teens i think yeah this album comes out like late teens or early 20s and right like people people liked it like there was a song you know called working man it's a seven minute song oh yeah it's incredible like, you'd think that Neil Peart drummed on it. Like, Rossi does a really good job. But one thing that Neil Peart also contributed was lyrics. So look at the yeah. lyrics here. It's like, you walking on your talk and you got your hand in the... Air. It's like <laughs> very fucking stupid rock and roll <laughs> lyrics. And so that was Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson's writing. Like, they didn't really get what Neil Peart brought to the table. When Neil Peart had them talking about, like... Break my fast on honeydew and drink the milk of paradise and walk the caves of ice. Uh, yeah, they were like, "What the fuck is this asshole? Like, what is what is this?"
3: He <laughs> talked like, about it. It was yeah.
0: bizarre. Like-, like I guess, like Getty Lee, having had to sing all the lyrics, was perplexed and was like,
1: "I don't know what I'm. <laughs> I don't know what I'm
0: saying." Yeah, I'm, so I'm a, looking at. A, thing.
1: I'm looking at photos of Getty Lee when he was like a teenager. Looks the same. He looks like dorkier. Oh, really? than he did he with, way, like, the long hair and the weird, as a like, soul guy. patch. He looks like a dweeb. And I'm so <laughs> he glad like a... he, like, kind of embraced it, you know, because he's trying to... It sounds like he's trying to be, like, a badass in this song. He looks like a witch.
0: Hmm. Yeah. He's <laughs> a like a witch.
1: He looks like a regular... He looks like a rock-and-roll guy
0: now, like, he's got the yeah. hair tied back and fucking uh... soul patch. But, like, yeah, he's a funny-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Um, Lifeson has a period of time where he has like huge hair, like uh-huh. it's it's really funny what they what they look like as far as like you know they've been around since the mid seventies and have played they played up until the twenty tens, and just to see how they evolve and age yeah and oh my god it's so funny yeah man, um, but yeah I mean I don't really have a whole lot to say about this song I really only wanted to include it because it's such a standard sounding song and I wanted to show you guys what was pre neil pert mm-hmm. like what was there what 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 he rather what he wasn't there to add to the music before he joined um but any, any like i don't know i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this one yeah i thought <clears throat> it's
3: interesting because i didn't really know like the background but yeah it wasn't like i would have come on and be like oh like that was my favorite one because like the stuff that comes after it's just so much like just kind of better like and it, it just like it, it and it's interesting that you said that part about the like lyrics too because i feel like that i think i called them like fantasy type lyrics like earlier on but like it just like suits their music so much better i feel like and it adds like another like element of um i don't know of like kind of settling into it, like it just kind of creates like a nice atmosphere for the song so um so it's i didn't i didn't know that he played that big a role in the the lyrics which is cool
0: yeah he was like probably single-handedly responsible for like the d- direction they took yeah mm-hmm. Every time there was a change,
3: yeah, that's cool.
0: Um, yeah, no, nah, he was, I mean, fantastic. Um, song is a favorite, a favorite of mine by Tor and the Snowdog. Um, this one is where you really begin to hear that influence of Neil Part, like just like you said, that fantasy type stuff with mm-hmm. um, a little bit more kind of abstracting with that really large breakdown at the beginning or rather than in the middle yeah. that just I think really rips and kind of shows what the type of complexity of the music they were hoping to make. So um what do you what do you guys think about that? Oh, Where do you want to go
1: first? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh first off I just really like the 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 name of the song. <laughs> I think it's cool. It's a cool name but right like it's almost
0: like this is an inaccessibly nerdy like i'm not trying to like <laughs> hey like you know like you may you know talking to a girl and you're like talking about music and you're like yeah Biter and the snow dog is one of my <laughs> favorite songs
1: yeah exactly it almost like it's they the, like they like oh fuck we we're doing the completely wrong thing we need to like reassess and it's like all right let's let's write a song called Bite biter in the snow dog but i love it it sounds like a i don't know like a comic book you know yeah. or something yeah, Well funny. I
0: wanted to ask you Lori, If there was any like Because there's a lot of mythological references Like Hades and the River Styx And stuff like that That I, I don't know a whole lot about That I was hoping maybe to lean on you A little bit more on What there is there Because I, as far as I know Bytor and the Snow Dog are made up
1: But yeah, they include um, a lot of
0: mythological stuff
1: Apparently it was like their manager's dogs That the manager had two dogs one was like a white dog, like a small white dog, and the other was like a dog that like would bite a lot. So someone said to like, get that biter and the snow dog out of here. And so like, hey, that would be a good song, song name. <laughs> Is that really it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's
1: really um, funny.
0: Cause I think bites and in- in- they're embodied by like, I think it's Lifeson and Getty Lee. Yeah. Like right. There's a bit of a battle between the mm-hmm. two of them, like the low end and the high end. Yeah, like yeah, 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 I can see that. But I didn't realize the the inspiration for the actual, the words by Tor and the Snow Dog were mm-hmm. from, like, actual two dogs fucking around. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> pretty funny. I thought that's a lot great. of the, um, I guess I guess it must
3: be, like, his drums, but a lot of, like, the, like, it reminded me of King Gizzard, like, the way that it's so, like, rich. And, like, obviously they have, like, the two drummers, the live shows, like, mm-hmm. and this is just, like, one guy. Doing doing the work of that, but like it it reminded me of kind of the sound that they create and like why their live shows are are so good. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, you know it's gonna do that fucking drum solo. Yeah. (laughs) Ding 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 ding. ding, ding, ding. ding. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. Yeah. This this to me is like where they really kind of pick up and they begin. Like Caress of Steel, which I didn't pick any album uh, songs off, comes Mm -hmm. before this, Mm -hmm. but I think they really kind of come into their own. At this album, at, um, what the hell is the name of it? Fly By Night. Mm. So oh, so Fly By common. Night is a great yeah. song. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really like that. Well, right. Yeah, even the title track, Fly By Night, is amazing. That's a little bit more poppier.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it
0: is, definitely. Um, a little bit more of a formula. I didn't want to include that one because I was, like, trying to build up, like, the lore aspect of the band. Like, Fly By Night's great. Mm-hmm. It's kind of about, <laughs> you know, leaving, you know, start a new chapter, find what I'm after. That's the whole story. Yeah. Of the song, um, but this is just lean so far into the abstract after something like what you're doing that I thought was kind of a fun little dichotomy.
3: How often do they like change? Like, um, I imagine like this next album obviously is pretty different from the uh, previous one since they have like changes in the band. But like, do they like change? Do you like notice changes in their sound like every like five years, every album? Like, or is it or is it pretty like consistent like
0: So that's, yeah, that's where I I think at Xanadu at 1977, Mm -hmm. they start to incorporate a little bit more of the synth. Mm -hmm. And I think from that point up until distant early warning, you can hear the synth influence and like, you know, probably the influence of just changing of the times. Like as you move through the seventies and you get into the eighties, that, you know, just the synth as as an instrument becomes a lot more prominent. Like what can we do with this? Like, the aesthetic of the times are changing like the 80s is getting all futuristic like yeah trying to trying to be current and that's kind of how they responded to it so i think it's a little bit more fluid like it's not like a king gizzard album where suddenly they're doing a country album and suddenly they're doing like a mm-hmm. heavy metal album or a synthy album like i think they just kind of find a new way to blend modernity into The music and like the complexity of the music that they've always wanted to play
3: yeah yeah there was like one i know i don't remember which song i noted but i was like this is like this sounds like mgmt like they like it just sounds like it could be like you know today's like indie rock when it's like you know i'd love to know which one you're
0: thinking about like which which one was that i'm gonna get a a beer okay um
3: it might be the beginning of subdivisions um, that's interesting but, well right it's, yeah. it's a
0: synth it's a synthy intro you so I, like, I just means. changed it
3: uh sorry <laughs> that's fine <laughs> no we can just check out and see if this is
1: the one i was talking about this uh. sounds like this sounds like very like 80s no, i don't think it was me. this one yeah well yeah it's extremely 80s as far as yeah. like the
0: with the tone that they have on the synth mm-hmm. like that doesn't really sound super modern to me yeah. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have I mean, of course you're not going to confuse it with an MGMT song, but mm-hmm. I don't think I would I would say like this sounds like MGMT.
1: Right.
3: Yeah, we'll have to go back and find it. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll uncover um, it while we're listening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's like I, I looked up on some forums. I looked up about, like, you know, the references that are included in this song, we can probably move on pretty quickly because I really just wanted to talk about the um one final detail after this, but like, I kind of love that there are almost like in a Steely Dan type way, like it's not married to a particular mythology. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of just assume whatever you want from the lyrics. Like mm-hmm. there's no one way to interpret it. Like it could be a physical battle. It could be, you know, I thought when I was a kid, I thought Bitor was like a ring wraith or like the, like the Witch King. Mm. Fighting like a huge dog, like I didn't know I didn't realize there were two dogs.
3: Right. It sounds like they would be yeah like something more along those lines like mythological or something that yeah kind of yeah that like I took like a
0: token uh, look at like a bitor type character and then the snow dog was just like something else like yeah it's it's cobbled together from different mythologies and traditions which is kind of funny
2: mm. yeah
0: like it's its own thing entirely.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think it, it, it like leaves you like enough room to like maneuver and like keep making like interesting lyrics, but it like keeps you grounded in like something that obviously people like. So I, I do like bands that have, you know, something along those lines that like leaves them a little bit of wiggle room, but kind of has like a thesis almost like underlying it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I enjoy this one. I think it's cool that there's like, it's a long song, but it, like you said, I think, um, it's kind of an easier listen yeah because there's so many different parts to it there's like that slow Mm -hmm. jammy part that we're in right now um and then it rips back into the quicker part but overall i mean i like the song
1: yeah Yeah. me too Uh, i like it it's fun and yeah i kind of like how it like there's like because it's so long there's like different parts of it and um just kind of nice. Keeps it fresh, you know. It's not there's not just like them doing the same thing over and over again. But it's still like mixes well. You know, no, it's still like a cohesive unit, I suppose. And that's why I like a lot of these songs, which are like somewhere up to like eleven minutes, they're still like mm-hmm. cohesive, I guess, without right. being repetitive. Like,
0: like Xanadu, to jump into that is an example of an eleven-minute song that goes by, in my opinion, at least, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of get sucked into it like the intro is the intro probably could be a little shorter but so to give a little bit more background this is 1977 this is off of an album called the farewell to kings and i think since fly by night neil part spent a little bit of his money on some new drums which i think he's like i'm dying to fucking show you guys basically on this song like he hits like all the all the wood blocks and the chimes and like this is kind of where i think he begins to build that ridiculous 360 drum Mm -hmm. set um because there's just so like the percussion on this song is just ridiculous um i think that's probably my favorite as well as the bass i think on this song um favorite part of the song but um another one that has a lot of different sequences like there's the quick part with the main riff there's that verse of the pleasure dome there's the um like the kind of solo section that they'd go back into the bridge um it just makes that song go by in 11 minutes way faster than it
1: should (coughs) yes thoughts (laughs) i like the beginning Um, of it the beginning of it's very like serene and stuff but then you know, then it goes into like the real shit. I like it.
0: It's like it's like a the narrative bell, in a way. Yeah, yeah. There's some wind. The bell is going. Yeah, like like I just it's great.
3: Like, yeah, it creates like yeah a little bit of a a mood for itself, which is cool.
0: Well, the whole thing is supposed to be this like lofty myth. Yeah. And they they lift that line um from the Samuel Taylor Coleridge poem. It's called Kubla Khan. Okay. So so the whole like pleasure dome thing, the line yeah. is actually in Xanadu did Kubla Khan, a state yeah. pleasure dome decree. Like that's the Samuel Taylor Coleridge line. Mm. And I think yeah. it was regarded by, I, and I don't know who it was, but like it was at Hemingway or Tolkien. Like he was like, that's the best sentence in the English language. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> like, cool. Like some, some literary figure was like, that is right there. Like the nicest sounding sentence in the <laughs> English language. <laughs> um and everyone, I guess, like without English degrees, was like, "Yeah, fine. Like you can share that." <laughs> yeah, like I don't think I don't think anyone was really paying attention <laughs> to that. But somebody with like a I don't know like a the poet laureate or something was like, "Best one was good," and then yeah, like was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was Arum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was Arum. Arum um, um, this one's great. I'm really glad that. <laughs> I'm really glad that he did that because there probably would not be a Xanadu without without Arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he had to just fax it over, yeah, and make sure that he was, had a, he it sent received. it to us, a uh,
3: word smith and spell check, and then print it, sent it sent it via fax, which and he didn't know it. how to
0: do, but he found it within <laughs> him to actually figure it out. He figured it out. Um, it's it's I don't know. I'm finding it hard as we go to like really talk about the instrumentals because it's like yeah they're, they're really good. And yeah. like Rush focuses so much on the instrumentals that it almost takes away from like the meat of the conversation mm-hmm. because there's not a ton of like this is a, you know, it's a lofty song. They've got the Kubla Khan thing they lifted out of Coleridge. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is this kind of unreachable, lofty lyricism that maybe we can talk about how it like kind of turned people off. Like, what, what, mm-hmm. like, this is not the most accessible music.
3: Yeah it's kind of weird, like, actually, I feel like there's a lot of parallels. um, And we're obviously doing or planning to do uh, fish next week for my uh, introduction. But I think there's a lot of parallels of like, they have a lot of songs that are kind of like, a little bit out there, you're not really, you know, supposed to focus too much on the lyrics. And they do have some songs that are kind of like, they sound like mythological and stuff. And I don't have a lot of those songs actually in there, because I do think that they're like, a little bit inaccessible. And like, it's almost like a nerdy thing, too. Like you kind of touched on earlier. Like, I don't think it's exactly like a, like a cool thing to listen to. And so I'm sure that was like why some people, you know, I don't know how the song did actually in particular, but why some people might be have been like turned off from that.
0: So when you talk about how the song did, I actually don't know. I mean, obviously, they made enough to make a living and they became a huge band, but a cult band, right? Like it was always qualified as like a cult band. And like you would fucking, hear like
3: this one. Yeah, like it would be like limelight, you know, etc. You'd never like, hear Xanadu on the radio. Right.
0: right it's the least radio friendly song of all time probably um just because it's of its length yeah they were always big in the cult setting they were always big in like it was a social thing it was like if you liked if you knew about rush you it was never like you're okay with rush you either love them or you hate them
1: yeah yeah no it's definitely the same with fish too the fish heads
0: I mean, I think it's the same thing about Ween too, right? Like people aren't just like fine well, with Ween. Yeah,
1: it's right? interesting um, with Ween because uh, Ween fans really look down upon Fish fans. Oh
3: yeah, there's like a, a little like rivalry between. Well, because
1: them. like, but it's
3: weird, yeah.
1: Because I think a lot of Fish fans. Well, uh, Trey Anastasio covered "Roses Are Free." and like that comfort, like
3: a lot yeah and so
1: fish all the fish fans were like oh let's check out this ween band they like they like drugs they're like a- <laughs> and like ween was like we're not a jam band like fuck you <laughs> yeah anyway sorry. But, like Nicole, a Tommy. lot of the um no i like yeah. that that's yeah
3: funny. but like the bands were like friends like because they toured mm-hmm. together and stuff yeah. and, like they were like oh like we love the ba- like we're, we're cool but, but he seemed be, like really not going along with, with the fish fans yeah so i don't know that's it really funny
0: yeah. who else do you think like like I think I think if there was like a more opposite band from Rush and they would tour together, like who would it be and who would get who would get into fights with? The oh yeah, fans? like who would be rivals with? Would like that, Sublime a fun, fans like, fight Rush <laughs> fans?
3: Yeah, we should add that to like a list of like you know like we should all think of that about that before episodes. That's a funny.
0: You're like what prompt. fan of this band? I think. I think I want to say Dave Matthews fans would hate Rush fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Like they would not get along. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you kind of start to hear in in Xanadu, like the synth creeping in. You have that mm-hmm. like wee, 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 like that little riff, and it goes in the background. Like the synth largely takes the back seat in these like mid seven late seventies albums, um, and it really starts to kind of take. It you know come to it come into its own around like the '80s, like early '80s, mm-hmm. where it really becomes a driving force, which turns a lot of people kind of like me, like it kind of turns me off mm-hmm. with what they do after an album like uh, *Grace Under Pressure*. But that's a different story entirely. Um,
3: it's it's interesting. I mean, like I don't know. It's one of those instruments that like you just really need to like balance well. Because I remember I, I was it, uh, wait was it white reaper we were at where like you couldn't hear the synth and like that was like the like they had that like such a good section in all those and all their songs Mm -hmm. so like that's dedicated the synth and we couldn't hear it at all Mm
2: -hmm. the mixture Um, was
3: the mixing was bad Um, yeah but then there's times where like you can go overboard and and it doesn't sound very good either so i guess you could say that for any instrument but it's like particularly sensitive to um to piano and synth sometimes
0: that's true yeah i think it's i think it's important to like do it tastefully um but yeah i think we covered xanadu um the trees i kind of want to talk about the trees a little bit more in depth because there's obviously the most like up until this point like it's the most like political song
2: Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: but they also make a real point to like not mention like they make it a ridiculous metaphor for a reason. Like they don't want to enter the fray, but they do want to talk about inequality. Yeah, like They're like, it's not about, you know, like white people or black people or like, you know, people of different ethnicities in different regions of the country or mm-hmm. whatever. The rich or the poor or whatever. They make it so abstract as to like make it almost appeal to anybody. Like they don't, they don't seem to take a side. Yeah, as far as I, as far as yeah, I, yeah, they're
1: just kind of putting something together from there. the song.
0: Um, I mean, I guess maybe that's all I wanted to say about this one. But like, what what are your impressions like?
2: It
3: kind of reminded me a song um, in particular. My, dad, I had to do a project because um, I was in this um, folklore class when I was in Dublin, and like one of the projects was like to go to your family and ask about um, you know like a story that they have like passed down to them. Um, And they had, like, basically, it just reminded me that it's not, like, a perfect example or a perfect, um, but uh, they had a story from, like, his grandmother, like, my dad's side, who, like, basically, like, ran away, like, during the, like, Armenian genocide. And they had, like, a story that, like, it was, like, the good, like, good land and bad land was, like, was the two places. And they talked about, like, how it was just, like, so, like, you know, they just dumbed it down to, like, the, the like, basically, it's, like, the nuts and bolts and like had the story that like this kind of reminded me of where it's just like, all right, there's like trees and they're mad at each other. Like it could have been like the same type of deal where they just like stripped it down to like conflict amongst, you know, like living things basically, and, and then like kind of went from there. So
0: it kind of reminded really me of that. That's really interesting. Yeah. I never I never heard about that. Um, so what was the what was good land versus what was bad land? Like what so, was the so like
3: of- yeah, like they like the the way they sto- like told the story was um you know that they were like they were in good land and then like they like it was just like literally like bad people, like or like I forget they probably had like a nickname for them. Like they came and tried to they came from bad land and tried to like take over um good land and then they ended up having to leave basically. And that was like when they had to like flee their their like homeland basically. And they they had some other like funny names off to try and um get the story from my dad again, but um, but yeah, it was just everything was like kind of made fun of just so that it was like appropriate like to tell. Like their children and stuff right and like Pass them a story and and all that so that's interesting yeah, yeah it's right it like cool. it's
0: like it's like oh bad people came and we're just leaving
3: yeah you can't just be people. like yeah there's like a genocide like i mean you could i guess but <laughs> yeah that'll kind of fuck you up. your children um, yeah no you yeah. don't want to
0: do that <laughs> um yeah i mean i think one thing that i think is funny and interesting about the way this song sounds is its intro like it sounds yeah. kind of like a medieval almost yeah like with the plucking. Mm -hmm. So I always assumed that this took place like a very, very long time ago, only because of the way that the intro sounds. Like they tried to put it, like even further distance themselves from like a modern setting by making it sound sort of medieval. Um, But then incorporating obviously the instrumentals that like, you know, and and the production that you kind of know to expect. Yeah,
3: I was kind of like setting myself up because I was like, oh, there's going to like, know i was just kind of thinking about how the the band would like evolve over the because i knew you'd mentioned it was chronological and i was like oh like this is this is like super different like they're gonna be like acoustic band now for like a couple albums and then obviously like they it's just obviously like an intro that intro that you know moves into their more like traditional like riff and electric sound and stuff so but it's it's interesting like that they, they even did the intro that way
0: yeah like that's um something that happens on Villa Strangiato as well. It's like that same type of guitar where they, they enter with the beginning with like a, you know, um, you know, like Spanish caravan Mm
2: -hmm.
0: at the beginning of that with like that, like that classical guitar, like that plucking, that really furious plucking. Mm. It sounded like that to me. Like I'm always reminded of like Robbie Krieger when, when I hear both the trees and, uh, Villa Strangiato. Yeah. But, um, Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot more to say, I think, on on, on this one. I think it's kind of where they start their foray into not politics, because they're no, like, Rage Against the Machine, obviously. Like, Rage Against the Machine calls people out by name. They talk about left and right, talk about ethnicity groups and injustices and stuff. But they do kind of start gaining a little bit of a self-awareness about, like, the crowd they're playing to and they start to take on somewhat of a underdog type of persona Mm. in a lot of their songs, or at least just commenting on, you know, different social groups or classes or, or being overlooked and wanting either acceptance or just getting out. So I think this is interesting in that um, they begin to kind of just open up that topic and embrace their fan base kind of in a way
3: yeah like yeah i think you mentioned like there's some self-awareness about his voice like later on but like that's the same type of deal with like probably just the lyrical content that they have
0: yeah there's never like a moment where like they sing like my voice sounds weird and like i know we're an acquired taste but like it's the theme that's like someone listening to rush goes like oh okay yeah i kind of get what this is about yeah because it also is about me a little bit, the listener. Yeah. I'm ostracized in a way, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I wonder, like, it just seems like they could obviously go, you know, you can make a million songs that are just about, like, mythical-sounding, like, creatures, but, like, I wonder if they had, like, a moment that was, like, you know, is this something that we have to do? Like, I'm sure it wasn't, like, to stay relevant, but, like, is it just something that is, of like, most interesting to us now, and this is, like, what we want to make music about? Or if, like or if it happened like more naturally and like they kind of you know they it's still about the it's still called the trees so it is still kind of like mythological sounding but but it's yeah like you said i think it's it sounds like they're kind of moving it in a slightly different direction
0: yeah they they definitely are like they kept that mythological kind of aspect for now they're moving into somewhat of a social commentary role yeah they're still really interested in being that virtuoso type group and in playing really solid instrumentals which they yes. do on the song. They have a great solo section. Um but yeah, they start to mature and they start to um tackle different topics. And obviously they don't tackle any topics on La Villa Strangiato because it's a fucking nine-minute <laughs> instrumental. Um but I did want to include it because I think this is their best instrumental. Um, I think it's better than YYZ. Like I, YYZ is a fantastic song, but mm-hmm. I think this is better because it's got a lot more depth to it. It's got areas where they kind of slow down and it's got that Spanish guitar sound. It's got a lot of different influences, like a lot of classical kind of European sounding influences, but they make it into this unbelievable jam. Um that makes nine minutes pass like it's, like it's two, I think.
3: Yeah. Um, I really like the song. I, I just thought it was really, I guess I didn't even, even realize that it is just all instrumental. Like, cause I, I just kind of focused on that, that part. Um, anyway, but like, it just is very cool. Like it, like you said, it's like a, um, it, it's a jam, but it has like something different every, like, this is the one where I was like, Oh, like if you jump forward, like two minutes, like it's different, but it like kind of connects thematically and, um, um but still is like super engaging yeah it didn't feel like nine or ten minutes or whatever
0: yeah each riff is like it's got its own voice mm-hmm. like it's not just like a jam like it is a jam but it's not like a like it's got real direction to it like it's not mm-hmm. it obviously like it's not a note out of place because they do not do that like they just don't improvise yeah um like a fish would and that's good for its own reasons but um It's extremely structured.
3: Yeah. It's like a, like, Steely Dan would make a song, probably this long. They've they've approached it, but like, it seems like they're choreographed like in a similar way, maybe with obviously Mm -hmm. totally different styles.
1: Yeah. There's like a part, there's like a guitar riff, like in the middle. I can't remember how it goes. Are you able to like skip to the middle? There's like this, it sounds like, it's almost like a historic, it, like it's something I, exactly I hear know. in like other songs too. Hmm. Keep on, it, it's like it's kind where of like everything. Like da, na, na, da, na, na. Yeah, that one. That's that the we're talking about. Da, 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 da. I thought that was funny.
0: It's kind of well. That's kind of like goofy, almost cartoony sound. Yeah, like, exactly. they've got a sense of humor in what they make. Like the music kind of has, like, without even saying a word, like it does have somewhat of a sense of humor. Yeah, this part, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about, yeah, yeah. You feel like you've heard this before, and I think it is like some. I think it's a classical, song. yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. I wish I could have taken some time and maybe done my fucking research, but uh, <laughs> I wonder. Everything about... here stands out so so well.
3: Good. Yeah, it is so good. Like this this album, because I was like, oh, I like I like these two songs, and I would like to hear more from this album. And then it's it's like the four song album. The first song. I didn't get a chance to listen to is eighteen minutes.
0: Or oh, Cygnus X one
3: or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, yep. oh my god, like this. this I don't, it, it'd just be interesting to know. <laughs> Cygnus X one is, is
0: really good. Um, mm. It's like about traveling into space and like hurtling through the stratosphere. It's like this whole ridiculous mm. high fantasy sci fi thing. Yeah. Um, I which I love. I like something. it's yeah. just really fun. Like I remember like the first time I got stoned and uh, I like listened to this. And I was just genuinely terrified. I was like, oh, my God, this sounds like staring into empty space and being like, I'm so vulnerable, and I'm, like, going to die. Yeah, that's funny. That's, <laughs> like, 16. Yeah, that, that seems like it would be, uh,
3: yeah, that, that could do it to you.
0: <laughs> I think Cygnus X1 has Getty Lee's highest note mm. in it. He does this, like, wild scream oh, that, God. like, has this reverb on it, and it echoes out into nothing and it's like just terrifying yeah um i didn't want to put you through an 18 minute song so i did not want to include that
3: yeah that's fair
0: (laughs) um so yeah i just put you i put you through multiple uh nine and and eleven minutes
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean those are great i mean i'm glad that you did because i didn't like the longer stuff which i feel kind of silly now because it seems like they they like only play long songs but um i didn't know that they like that was kind of like the vibe that they they had and that they you know made music that was kind of along those lines
0: yeah like it's very you know it's classified as prog rock like a lot of bands mm-hmm. like um like yes will do yeah 11 minute songs and plus um like king crimson will do long shit like that mm-hmm. um yeah it's just so typical of prog rock and then modern modern iterations of prog rock like um the mars volta and even mm-hmm. like coheed and cambria they're kind of proggy um, yeah all their shit is just all so long and they just have to like include these lofty topics and obscurities and yeah, like just make it like they're almost making a, a point like the newer prog rock. I feel like makes more of a point mm-hmm. to be strange and obscure than rush. Rush is just like, we just like D and we like token yeah. and we like, yeah, you know, we just kind of like that stuff. Like even Zeppelin was doing token references. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't all of ramble on.
1: Yeah. Like Misty Wilder mountain and hop and shit. Yeah. yeah. Mountain
0: hop. Yep. Um, Gollum. With the ring, like there's all these references like that, and in 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 their in some of their biggest songs, "Battle yeah. of Evermore," just yeah, like it's kind of amazing to look at how closely all those like '70s '60s rockers were paying attention to like token, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and Greek mythology and stuff like that. Like it really is interesting to to pick that apart it's not all just like sex drugs rock and roll like there's mm-hmm. they were trying to do some responding to classical art and important
1: literature which is cool like I, yeah i like that it's it's nice because like i don't know I feel like during the 80s you have like bands like the rolling stones and we're just kind of like, it's like fuck yeah i'm trying to like fuck then like, i want to specifically again. like like young women like <laughs> But yeah. like Rush is like I just want to like hang with the bros and talk about uh, <laughs> the trees and like just lighted. Even the trees, about, yeah. the trees <laughs> is like the Ents from uh, from Lord of the
0: Rings. You know, you know, I've like, listened to that song for fucking thirteen years, fourteen years, and I never made that comparison. <laughs> well, I mean, it's <laughs> just like always. talking trees, like uh, yeah. Maybe, it, yeah. you know, yeah. Nothing is clearer than that. I think my favorite,
1: <laughs> my favorite thing about trees is in. Uh, uh i was about to just call it rocket league uh no trailer park boys um <laughs> what rocket league park i don't know I, I for some reason i was like thinking of trailer park boys but rocket league kept on from Keep my head. Going. anyway, anyway <laughs> uh there when there i think during the rush episode where where bubbles is all stoked to see rush uh ricky's like man yeah like bubbles is really into rush but i I just don't really get it. Like they have all these smart songs about like the trees talking to each other and how <laughs> yeah, and the yeah, brain, yeah. how the brain works and <laughs> different <laughs> sizes different <laughs> of your brain. That's hemispheres. Yeah yeah,
0: like, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, you know, it's actually funny when I was a little kid, I was like looking up the trees lyrics mm-hmm. and I must've like typed something wrong in, and I was like the trees, something or other. And it pulled that quote from trailer park boys. Oh, oh right. really? Like, Ricky doesn't like rush because to talk about trees and i was like that's kind of funny and then yeah. like you know obviously <laughs> years and years later i end up starting to watch trailer park boys and i, I find that line yeah. And oh, I was yeah, like, yeah oh shit like this is Damn. what this is like, yeah yeah <laughs> that's this really is funny. what that was that's awesome and I, for some reason that stuck out to me in this weird way yeah like before i even had an inkling of what trailer park boys was yeah um but yeah, I, so I don't know. I think I I think I mentioned it for really quickly, but I think Villa Strangiato is the turning point in their sound. Mm-hmm. Like it's the instrumental where they get to explore a lot of different ideas and synth sounds and as the times are changing, as the synth becomes more prominent in the 80s, they begin to lean a little bit harder into it. And you start to see in a song like Spirit of Radio where it's really really prominent it's going constantly Mm
1: -hmm. there's no you know
0: there's no riff in with the synth in this one but it's clearly a much more modern sounding song than strangiato Uh or or the trees right i want to get your thoughts on it
1: this song immediately made me start like fucking banging on my desk (laughs) it does rip Yeah. yeah it's so good and I love the breakdown, how it seems like it's, like, one song, and then it breaks down, and then it goes into, like, the verse. It's so cool. It's really, really cool. There's, like, two intros, basically, you know?
3: Yeah. It's one of the, I mean, this it's, like, stupid, but it just, like, sounds so good. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just, like, is very, like, pleasing and just, like, rich, and I don't know. It's a really good
0: song. And this is where they kind of get away from the mythology. They're just mm-hmm. talking about music. They're, like, an appreciation for music. Like, this yeah. is it's this is where i think you know it starts to get a little bit more self-referential too Mm. it's like we're this musical purist kind of band like we're the music we're the band that all the musicians love we're the band that has this kind of cult following let's like give a quick like a nod to the power of music it's bringing everyone together it's um it's brought together this fan base that's for the most part kind of ostracized musically at least like mm-hmm. made fun of for taste or, or for other things they might appreciate. Like if they like, if they were brought to Rush by the, you know, subject matters they already liked and Rush talks about that stuff. Like there's, there's some like, okay, we're all, this is, this is our commonality here. We're all here for mm-hmm.
1: kind of like re- the really appreciation of music. Yeah. It's I very, it's like, like I think it's such a great, it's a very warm song. You know, it's like I don't know. Just like it's very That's welcoming. It's a good way to put it. It is welcoming. Yeah.
0: It's it's very major sounding as far as tonality. Um what I think is cool is that they make no attempt to uh, develop any kind of rhyme scheme. Mm. It's all free verse poetry.
2: Yeah,
3: like, never one likes to believe it.
0: in the freedom of music, but glittering prizes and endless compromises shadow the illusion of integrity. Yeah. There's yeah. not a single Attempt like like meter, they they do a great job in like making it into like a a melody, but there's no attempts to to make it rhyme. It's just a it's more or less like a state a written statement. Yeah, which is kind of cool. It's like this is our ode to appreciation of just music in general and Mm -hmm. probably an appreciation of the fan base because they have the that moment of the crowd that kind of goes into the song. Yeah it says that they're playing live. It's like a, it's a nod to oh, just kind of slipped.
3: Yeah. Like um, everyone having an audience or whatever, just in general.
0: Yeah. And, and then obviously they, they do a, a little bit more of a overt recognition of fame in a song like limelight. Mm. You know, they pull from Shakespeare, all the world the right. stage and we are merely players. Um, but this is kind of getting to that. Cause I think moving pictures is it's their big, big, big album. So yeah. on that, they have a recognition of the fame, the level of fame that they've reached, but also an attempt to bring a little bit more humanity to it. Like we're still people; we're freaking out about yeah.
1: this. Yeah, that's what I. Well, that's why I like about the album title "Moving Pictures" because that makes you think about like movies, you know, the theater. Uh, like the modern celebrity is like you know, like the the movie star, but like. I don't know. It's like a, they're trying to, like, bring it down to, like, earth by calling it, like, moving pictures, I guess. I don't know. It's like, well, it's, it's like almost like saying it's just a moving at, yeah. picture. It's just a moving yeah. picture. It's, like, yeah. really, like, trying to, like, bring him da- back down to earth. And even though... Somewhat less glamorous. Yeah, yeah exactly. And this song's kind of like, it's about how music's for everybody, you know? It's like this kind of unifying thing, you know?
0: yeah i mean bearing a gift beyond price almost free mm-hmm. is what the radio is the radio exactly. is
1: everybody just, listens to the radio
0: frequency that's going it's going by us right now yeah all you need is a little fucking device that's going to decode mm-hmm. it into make it make it into sounds and you have it for free yeah. you're done it's all your yeah. work you need to put into it
1: well yeah and um, i mean it also like brings to mind uh you know that that classic song video video killed the radio star you know like like this like when movies started coming in like radio as a medium kind of started to die out and like definitely during the 80s like but like the problem is that people think of like movies and tv as replacing radio but in reality it was just adding picture it was adding a visual to audio Mm -hmm. it's not replacing radio it's like an addition to it i guess i don't know right but it's, like, not, it's not killing anybody or yeah exactly and anybody. i think that's what yeah. russia is trying to say it's still you know like we're still like we still have the spirit of the radio it's just like a little bit different i guess but
0: yeah, you know, yeah.
1: people saw it that's a really cool
0: that's a cool like let's step back and just like re re-appreciate it
1: yeah.
0: when did when did that song come out video kill the radio star was that like
1: that's not that's like an 80s 80? thing
0: yeah but was it like before or after this song i'm, I'm wondering
1: uh, let's see video killed i know the president's of the united states of america cover video killed the radio star but
0: it was the it was the buggles was the original band uh,
1: video
0: killed the
1: radio star. uh
0: 1980 does it oh
3: I maybe they, they heard that song it?
0: and they were like we gotta fucking fix that <laughs> yeah
2: yeah they take offense Yeah, I don't know. i
3: like, I mean, talk radio is like basically what we're like. This is podcast, and I don't know. It's funny to think about everyone probably feeling like something like a podcast would never survive, and now it's like this whole other medium.
0: Podcasting killed the movie star. Yeah, <laughs> talk so radio just, host. <laughs> yeah, pod. Yeah, podcasters killed the talk radio host. <laughs> I like that a lot. I think it cover. i'm gonna i'm gonna make that song um yeah i mean i i think this is a great song um i think we probably could move into free will um unless you had anything else to talk about spirit of radio four
3: um i i the only thing i was thinking of that we didn't get to was just that the uh did you like that i paused that yeah,
0: that was really funny <laughs> <laughs> i was like kind of i heard you also i heard the click <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> not only did it just stop
0: i, I heard you go like <laughs>
3: <laughs> when you you like the record scratch yeah um <laughs> sound effect <laughs> that's funny um i just i just thought that his lyrics so i mean i guess kind of on this this song too like it just sounds like more convincing almost but he just like and maybe this is like the time in the playlist that i was starting to get like more used to him but mm-hmm. he just sounds like kind of better to me in some ways and Maybe it's just like the content and, but like, this is the first time I noticed and I was like, Oh, like, that's like, he just like said that with like suck such like conviction. And like, it just, I really like his performance on that one.
0: It's good. Yeah. I think it it is more confident. And I think that's kind of what you hear on free will as well. Like they kind of move back into like some of the loftier concepts. Mm -hmm. Um, Like what? I think it's like self-determination versus like fatalism. Yeah, Free will. I mean, it it sums it up pretty well. It's like whether you do or you do not have there are those who feel that you know they've been dealt a losing mm-hmm. hand and then you know they've 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 kind of just like accepted that they've been fucked over by by the world and by the cosmos like they blame their shit on something that like may or may not exist um, which i think is interesting from a rush perspective because as far as rush is concerned like their mythology is like all this shit does exist yeah and this seems to kind of ridicule that idea like you've got this defeatist attitude that um i just thought about, I just thought about hieroglyphics like your defeatist attitude will get you nowhere fast like, that <laughs> yeah on. um but like they like it's like if you're gonna use the mythology to be a fucking pessimist then like we don't want you on our team like that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what i took from it like you're yeah. you're like, feel free to believe in all this, but don't use it for, as an excuse to be like a mopey little bitch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you, you know, choose a path that's clear. Mm-hmm. Choose free will. Like, yeah, make your own make your own determinations, and you be your own person.
1: I love a baseline. So it's hopeful. Yeah, baseline's so cool.
0: It's like when uh yeah baseline's cool.
3: <laughs> they had that uh, Tyo the creator and Earl had that like mini feud where Tyo was just like, stop being sad. It's so, like I guess
0: <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it.
3: Equivalent to the, the song you can think of, but
0: yeah. Why wow, you being depressed and sad all the time like a little bitch. Yeah, just be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um this is so this is, I think, probably my favorite rush song is mm. is free will. So it's really why I wanted to include it on the playlist. Mm-hmm. Um again, it's off of um permanent waves where Spear Radio came on in 1982. Um it's a little truer to I think their older stuff, where it's like really focuses more on the instruments versus the synth. To say that the synth is not an instrument, but it's more of the you know the old school kind of analog stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really the the subject matter is pretty easy to determine. Like it's like you know they lay it out in the chorus. They literally lay it out. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice, meaning that your fatalist attitude and just like kind of being a nihilist and accepting everything is it's not the cosmos that's chosen for you to do that it's you choosing to just roll over yeah so um i like that it's it's very it's very optimistic it's very like um it's not like bootstrappy you know like it 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 tastefully kind of walks that line of like it's an encouragement to do your own thing. Not a, not a damning yeah. of someone who doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's like what I choose is to try and you know, make an effort. That's kind of, yeah. It. And you should do. And you should too, Cause that's just inherently better.
3: Yeah. Is there any connection between like, I was just looking at like the album cover and then, so it's the spirit of the radio is the intro. And then this is the second song, but is there like a thematic, like tie between, I guess those two and like the album, not really.
0: Yeah. Not really. Like, they always have liked to have, like, an abstract kind of interesting cover. Yeah. Um, as far as I understand it, um, I'd love to know from one of our thousands or millions of listeners if, if I'm wrong. <laughs> but um, I just think they're just kind of funny and quirky with certain things. Like, they'll just make something a little shocking, like a woman like wearing 50s attire with a yeah. nuclear bomb going off in the background. Like, there's nothing... Mm. Um, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's I mean, I'm sure the the cover says a lot because it's like we as Americans never fought a war on our soil before. So we have like such a weird comfort Mm -hmm. or we had up until that point, like we had a really like uh, soft and warm outlook on life. Meanwhile, there's nukes going off like in the 50s, like in in Nevada, they're blowing up nukes and testing areas and shit. Yeah. So like we we did for a long time live in like total blissful ignorance and we probably still do to some extent but after 9/11 it kind of changed. Yeah. Um we we, we were we we're we we're feeling a lot more vulnerable from 9/11 but before that we had the Cuban missile crisis but we didn't have I mean we had an existential threat in Russia but we'd never had a like a punch in the face by anybody.
2: Right.
3: No.
0: Yeah. Um So, yeah, I mean, that's I think the album cover probably communicates that in a way, but I don't believe they actually um, like the songs relate to it in a way.
3: Yeah, makes sense.
0: Um, One last thing on Free Will, there's, I think, when you talk about Rush's target audience, or maybe an audience that they eventually kind of realized that they had they start to talk to them directly like i will be my own person i'm not going to feel pressured to you know if someone tells me this band sucks or someone tells me that like i'm lame because i listen to this band yeah well i'm going to do exactly what i want to do like it doesn't make me like this band any less it doesn't make them less good yeah i think there's 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 an element of that in in this song too not as directly Mm -hmm. as a song like subdivisions right move to that unless there are final thoughts on free will Good. <laughs> Be good. Um, so what are your thoughts on Subdivisions? I think it's probably the most different sounding one to this point.
1: Yeah. I think the synth at the very beginning really puts it. It's almost like I, I probably, if you asked me what Subdivisions was before I listened to this playlist, I wouldn't have really known, but like, it's almost like the intro. I've heard the intro before with that synth. Yeah. It's just like very like distinctive. It's very, like, 80s-ish. And it's just, like, the mood setter for the rest it's of the bassier. song, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very cool.
0: Well, so this is a song where where Getty doesn't play mm-hmm. until the mm-hmm. little fills. Like, the... Brang, 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 yeah, like, right. Those fills, he'll play, but for the most part, he's on the synth. Like, he's yeah. playing the synth with his feet in his hands and he's singing. But that's that's pretty uncommon up until mm-hmm. this point
1: right
0: i kind of like it just shows that they're really further kind of leaning into the synth the instruments don't really suffer but there's a lot there's less guitar yeah there's the drums are still strong um Mm -hmm. and like getty lee will throw a quick bass line in there between between parts um but I really wanted to just focus more about like the theme of this song, because this is probably the one that most directly addresses the theme of like not fitting in. Mm. And like, it focuses a little bit more on like juvenile listeners, like younger people who are feeling maybe pressured to fit in and not even just because of the music, but for any reason, like if it's your skin color or if it's like the shit you're into, or if it's like the, you know, you any, anything. Like people are going to find a way to distance themselves from people who are other or different. Um, You know, be cool or be cast out is the big, the big theme here. And it's a, it's an unconscious, not unconscious. It's a, it's a direct nod to the nerdiness of the band Mm -hmm. direct nod to the nerdiness of the cult audience they've built up. Because by this Mm -hmm. point in 82, like, I think they probably, I think they realized, I forget, I watched the documentary. And they they were like they're like we realized it was like all dudes at the show (laughs) like there were like no women showing up to our that's awesome yeah and they were all like so hyped like it's all like really (laughs) really enthusiastic nerdy dudes who are very into Rush that's Uh, awesome yeah Um, I mean it's literally like a subplot and I love you man like that's the whole point (laughs) yeah I was just
3: gonna bring that up yeah
0: like they're very very into it they're passionate about it they love it like it's like. It's like wine to them. They're like this shit. They want to pick it apart. Yeah. Um. And this is kind of like ridiculing the whole like superficial divisions that you can make in uh, in social groups or otherwise. That um, I like that. They're That's a good shooing them. They're like fuck that. I don't want that. I agree yeah. with
1: that completely. I feel like, um, especially with like COVID and stuff, because you can't like see people. I feel like a lot of people are like retreating online. Yeah. And online, like on Twitter and stuff and other online forums, it's very easy to uh, create those subdivisions in a way. Just kind of fucked up, you know? Yeah. It's very clicky. Absolutely.
0: It's clicky. um, But do you think that it's a little bit more positive? in that people kind of realized that there are people they value more deeply than just like, oh, you know, you're on my fucking soccer team or whatever. Like it's,
1: yeah, it's true. I think, I think that you begin to kind of realize
0: like who it is that, you know, is important to you. I don't know.
1: Definitely. I think that like, even like just not like in like physical real life, you can find people who like share your values and stuff. Which is like important, but also I feel like a lot of people online will just kind of like group up with whoever they think is like cool or whatever. I don't know. Just my, that's well, a little bit of, there's a little bit
0: of human nature to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You
0: add, add yeah. that to like the disposability of communication. Like it's so easy. Yeah. To
1: like it, it just like reminds me of like somebody and
0: ghost them or whatever. Yeah. You know?
1: It just like reminds me of high school sometimes. Like people are like, yeah, you know, like gossiping and stuff. It's like kind of funny. I don't know. It's like funny, like being a grown, a grown ass man and like gossiping about people. Yeah, well, you don't know. Stuff never leaves.
3: Like it's at like all the like work politics and drama and stuff, and it's just funny. Yeah, like you think you think that like, or at least I feel like I imagined like everyone being like way more mature and stuff, and and then it's you know not the case always. So
1: yeah, that's why we have this podcast so people can unite. Behind it
3: for the greater good
1: this is the maturity podcast it's
0: all yeah. about growing up <laughs> being an adult having a, having a smart podcast with a couple of your friends smart cast <laughs> smart cast grown-ass man grown-ass man cast <laughs> next, like week fartcast. next week is far cast next week is far cast the week after is shark cast <laughs> um, it gets dangerous quick there's a lot of there's a lot of just debris, debris to be flying <laughs> around um, yeah, that's all I really want to talk about on subdivisions. I, I like that song a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun, and it's it's got probably like that and um, Spirit of Radio have probably some of the more like grounded and pointed messages of mm-hmm. any any Rush song. Yeah, um, at least what I include on the playlist and what I you know of of what I consider to be my favorite material. And I think it's time to, to rip into a little little analog kit, yeah. which is, uh, again, just like Subdivisions off of Signals in 1980, what the fuck, 2. This one has a little bit more of a, it, you know, it takes the perspective of a kid who just wants out who kind of wants to leave and he's got his passions about him. He's got like his youth, his energy, his desires to leave, but there's a little bit of trepidation like around, you know, when I leave, I don't know what I'm hoping to find. When I leave, I don't know what I'm leaving behind. So there's a little bit of recognition in, in the decision, the weight of that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not to, it's not to uh, discount, the desire it's like i'm unsure but i'm probably still going to go through with this so yeah um i think thematically i think it's really applicable to anybody um i think maybe even especially now because there's people considering making a move like giz i mean you're thinking about buying a house thinking about where you want to go you're thinking about what you would do there like did you think about that at all with this one
3: uh specifically like his thought process or
0: not the thought process laid out in the song but like what are your what are your thoughts regarding just that topic you know like where are you at mentally with that
3: yeah I mean I don't know it is it is kind of interesting and even just like the stuff we were talking about but and we were just talking about like the the pandemic and stuff and I don't know it feels like we're in like a weird time where like everyone's like you know takes it differently but like I feel like we were kind of at the end of our like considering it like the post-college thing and then like we're kind of like just automatically like graduating into like it feels like a new kind of a new phase like everyone's like a little more spread out like some people obviously like everyone's kind of at a different point but I don't know it seems like we just kind of like are automatically like being forced into like this um next like phase in some ways and I don't know it's just interesting to think about like I'm sure everyone's kind of like thinking about those types of things but um not in like a way that you're like ever forced to so I don't know it's, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if that was where yeah. your question was going, but
0: <laughs> well, no. I mean, that I mean, I didn't necessarily ask you like a, a specific thing. I was just kind of asking, yeah. like, what your thoughts were regarding change, and you know, you in particular, you're, yeah, engaged. You're we're not engaged, Lori and I. So like, you've <laughs> got a particular expe- uh, perspective on it.
3: Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, that, that was like the the thing I've been kind of thinking about. um It's just like kind of like that. Even just like relating it back to like that maturity thing, and it's like, I don't know. It's weird like when I when I was a kid like you always think that you kind of like just become an adult one day and like I don't like necessarily like feel super like mature but like <laughs> I don't know like it, you just kind of like end up like kind of making you know a little along the way and like I think everyone has you know takes like a different path but um you know it, it's just like weird to think about I, I just like always think about that I feel like I don't know like the fact this is like to make a like a, a fart and short joke and then be talking about like making all these <laughs> these like serious like life moves it's kind <laughs> yeah of funny, so. yeah but i think it's i'm like encouraged because i feel like you know everyone's always worried about like i don't know like whole like growing up and like peter pan thing and i don't know it's nice that like i feel like it's easier today than maybe it was but maybe we can still behave like an idiot and you know do all
0: the
1: there's that feeling you know. of youth yeah <laughs>
3: Yeah,
1: I like that. It's a good message. See,
0: Wait, so what like is like Disney the analog?
1: Yeah. Does the analog mean like you're like refusing to switch to like digital? I guess like it's almost well, like I think so.
0: I think this is like right because like once you hurt you, you like analog and digital kind of became a you know A and B
1: a binary yeah
0: at the time, and I think so. I think it's like somebody who is. Not really looking to go along with what is prescribed to them, mm-hmm. because everybody was like encouraged. I think at the time to switch to digital media or otherwise. I think analog kid is like, no, I'm gonna kind of do my own do my thing. Own thing. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah,
0: I that's 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 how I interpreted it.
3: And that kind of lines up with what you're saying about the like subdivisions thing. It's like, in, and, and free will really, where it's like the you gotta kind of like stick to your guns and like have your own like you know mechanism for like making decisions and determining what you like and and all that so
0: yeah like it all comes from within like it's not like it should not be something that's prescribed to you and you shouldn't just follow it because the masses are like yeah it's your it's ultimately everything (laughs) should be your choice yep so um it's like blu-ray and uh uh what
3: was the other thing oh hd HD, HD, (laughs) hdvd yeah RIP HD DVD. They did not. Yeah, they, didn't, they couldn't hack it. I know. Would it would be funny though, like because there's a certain like threshold. Like it'd, it'd be funny, like analog and digital. Like they they kind of battled that for a much longer, but like if you're still using like HD like videos and you got like mad at people for using blu-ray that'd be kind of funny
0: <laughs> that'd be great if like yeah like, HD DVD was still like limping along somehow like they didn't yeah just there's totally like just one guy right. who's like this is so- yeah. yeah this is
1: so sick this <laughs> the Luckily, it- they
0: made like five of those and like like five <laughs> movies came out and like the overall losses from that were pretty minimal oh my god hmm. oh yeah interesting yeah because it happened so quickly probably it happened within like a year I thought yeah like, like, HD DVD was like a competitor to blu-ray for a for a, like a blink of an eye yeah and then right. it was like oh it lost like they were selling xboxes <laughs> that would like right. i was uh, gonna say hd dvd and then like and like a hundred dollars
3: yeah it was like the xbox was the hd and then the uh, i think ps3 or ps3, yeah, PS3 was right yeah the first
0: one to adopt it yeah yeah it's interesting so fucking funny that that killed me yeah <laughs> i really enjoyed that um, but yeah, yeah knew, that's, uh, that's uh, Analog Kid. And I think the last one we have to hit is Distant Early Warning, the, I almost said title track, it's not, the <laughs> opener to Grace Under Pressure, which is their most, I think, tastefully synthy 80s modern album. Mm-hmm. Before they lean a little bit too hard into the all synth stuff, like they kind of... Mm might be a combination of like leaning too hard into the synth and like almost running out of ideas like you know how like a lot of bands at the turn of like the 2010s 2013s <laughs> 20 whatever kind of all began to like in unison lean on like synth stuff like cold war kids is a good example they went to all like weird kind of soulless synth soul soulless music mm-hmm. yeah this is the they they like like their last gasp of like being able to strike a balance between the two is this album
2: mm-hmm.
0: cuz the instrumentals don't suffer i mean neil's always great at drumming throughout mm-hmm. but it starts to lean way too way too heavily on, on the synth
1: Do you know what? Last, the the guitar brand. the guitar at the beginning reminded me of walking on the moon by the police it's like the that's interesting when did that song come out? Hmm. Um, let me check. Giant steps, oh, what you think? Walking on the moon. <laughs> oh, my legs don't break. A uh, year. That's what I
3: needed. To that, might be the, that might be the intro for this for this week.
1: 1979.
3: So before five years before.
0: I just I just pissed.
1: Um, I didn't want to include that. Oh yeah. So this song was 1984. So walking on the moon predates it by five years. Interesting. Uh, Maybe it's just like a common guitar thing. Mm. I don't know. Well,
3: like a lot of their, like, I mean, maybe that's like a step further, but I feel like they do have a lot of like, you brought up the the riff that like you said, like sounded really familiar earlier. Yeah. You have like a lot of like good riffs that probably people probably got inspired by and slash semi-ripped-off.
0: I was muted like an asshole. Um, (laughs) I think it's funny. This album comes out in 1984. And if you listen to the album, a lot of the subject matter is like, there's been like this battle or this civil war of sorts where like now they're living under like this unbelievable oppression. And mm-hmm. it's like a sci-fi type of like futuristic 1984 Orwell type of oppression. Like yeah. there's camps and there's like this, some, some omnipotent force. Sometimes you might even think that it's an alien force that like has invaded mm-hmm. or like some weird technological. And that's kind of like what they make out of into like somewhat more of a concept album. Mm-hmm. You're living under this oppression and it's, it's less self-referential, like, you know, but it's still got that underdog type of feel. Mm-hmm. And, and this one, you know, obviously there's there's lines like, the world weighs on my shoulders, what am I to do? Like, I've got to take care of my own. And then there's imagery of, like, acid rain and, you know, red lights and scanning documents and stuff like that. There's, like, it's it's super futuristic sound mm-hmm. where they don't really do... They've got Cygnus X1, which is a good example of, like, the futurism stuff in 2112 and references like that. But this album fully just dives into that whole, like futuristic dy- dystopia is what yeah. i should say which um, i feel like could be a
3: good like kind of up their alley and you can kind of relate that to like a lot of the, like i don't know i think like that's a common thread for like the mythological stuff too so it probably was easier for them to write yeah it's
0: its own mythology it's like just futurism add yeah. that add the same you know make that scenario into a futuristic setting and you, you got it yep. you're done You're all set. um and right like the, the intro i think i think them, I think probably their adoption of the synth, making it such a prevalent part of the, their sound,
2: mm-hmm.
0: compelled them to write an album like this and make touch upon futuristic subject matter and still kind of incorporate the underdog and oppressive oppression type theme.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. That, was my, that was my take on it, but I wanted to include it because you, it's easy to write off an album like this. And be yeah. like, oh, it's really Cynthia. It's probably not that great, or whatever. Like, it's not that interesting. The, the, there are really good moments on this album where, um, where it's where it still maintains like that really high level of uh, quality you've come to expect from Rush. <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, that's really it. Like, I, I um, don't have much more to say about this one. I think maybe we can just do a little bit of a recap and. Uh, just, you know, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys with some final thoughts. Where do you want to go first?
1: Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, before listening to Playlist, I was, like, pretty familiar with, with Rush, I'd say, but, I mean, a lot of these songs I hadn't listened before, probably, like, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, like, over half of songs I'd never heard before, and some of the other ones I wasn't I don't do that much, but I don't know. They're they're an interesting band. I really liked the chronological order because you really showed how they like progressed as a band. Because like they did, I don't know. It's funny. Like you think of Rush is like, oh, they have their like shtick. You know, they're like a bunch of nerds. They the big killer drum solos, like cool guitar and bass, like that's that. But then like listening to all those songs chronologically. I think you did a good job of like showing that progression while like staying true to like some of the songs that were like really good and like exemplify that progression, but also showing us some of the deep cuts that also kind of show a shift in um, the kind of music they're playing. And so it was yeah. really, I, I really enjoyed
3: it. Yeah, I was gonna say, I like, I thought it, it made more sense to do a band like Rush like chronologically compared to like what Laurie did with, with ween. Um, but yeah, I liked, and I liked the example, like in the beginning of, you know, what they sound like, like without, um, uh, Neil Peart, um, on the drums and, um, yeah, yeah I love uh, that. that. I'd never, and,
1: I'd never heard Rush without Neil Peart before. So like, that was pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I liked that. I like the, the long, like so the longer cuts and the, um, the stuff that I talked about with just like the, the the instrumental stuff is obviously like so good so like i don't know we're not like i, I don't feel like super well equipped to like talk about that stuff but like it, it is just like you can just listen to it and you can tell that it's like good without you know needing to like go into too much detail but um yeah
0: yeah that's what i felt like it was very difficult to talk about like on a song like the Strangiato. i'm like doesn't it sound so good like it's yeah. just hard like i don't have that language like you said not equipped really mm. in, in that way um to talk about it so i mean i think Overall, this was a good discussion. I think it was, uh, it was fun. Like I, I loved putting this together and talking through it because like I threw this line of like, I have this whole page of like really dense notes that I threw together in like 15 <laughs> minutes. Cause I was like, I have all these fucking thoughts about it. Like, yeah. So it was easy to do. Like I found myself making this list out, like, like agonizing over the list and the playlist and what to add, what to not add. Cause I wanted to keep it at 10 songs, knowing the length <laughs> of the song, you know, their average song time generally. Yeah. Um, so I felt somewhat constrained and I was like, I really want to make sure that we get like all the points from, I think my favorite era of, uh, of rush.
3: Yeah. No, I like thought it was a 10 year
0: period. Yeah.
3: Good length and captured all the different sounds they have too. Great. Cool.
1: All well,
3: right. well, I think we're doing a uh, fish next week. Um, mm-hmm. so I'll send you guys my playlist that, uh, I've been working on and we'll, we'll do that. I don't know. Do we have any Dan, uh, yeah, I know you got to run so we can, we can text you, but um, we can figure out what we want to do. If we want to do another cycle of this or we can come up with something else too. But
1: um, let's, let's think about yeah. it in the next couple of days. Yeah. I like All the, right. I like the idea of when, um,
0: like when I listen through the remainder of the, or I listen to the whole Ween podcast again, talking about the um, shit that like, I think, or like maybe we start with Lori again. Mm-hmm. like laurie picks like a like a 10 song playlist of shit he thinks we'll just fucking oh do. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I, I like that like the idea let's that, do that
3: um, that would be cool let's do that that's funny yeah i forgot that we had come up with that idea that's that's great
0: we'll do that i really like that idea so I'm, I'm, i would like to do that
3: um, yeah and and you guys will have all the, the fish songs from next week to uh, put on your list so <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um okay cool that sounds sounds good i'll uh we'll see our listeners later and I guess I'll see you guys later too. <laughs> Certainly <good>. will. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks. Thanks. See you later. See you later. See you later.